It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Well, hey there to our entire Elevate Online uh, and Perth family gathered together once again uh, here. Um, fantastic opportunity and very exciting. And in, together for the fourth and final installment of our series, Winning the War in Your Mind, which is based on a book by the same title by uh, Craig Groeschel. And it's just been incredibly encouraging the amount of positive feedback that we've been getting that just how helpful this series has been so far for people so now given this is the fourth week uh, if you missed any of the first three weeks you can go back and watch that Um, or if it's more practical for you jump on any of the major podcast platforms and you can take that with you in audio form and catch up but uh, before we dive in let me just give everyone a quick recap of where we've gone so far in this series Week one, we launched uh, talking about the rerouting principle, this idea that our brains are made up of a series of neural pathways, kind of like streets and freeways and highways that go in different directions and intersect. And it's on these uh, roads and streets and pathways that our thought patterns actually uh, travel. And over time, Uh, the neural pathways become more and more entrenched. They become more and more the default thought pattern. And look, this cuts both ways. That can be incredibly powerful if the thought patterns that we've cultivated are actually taking us in the direction that God wants us to go. On the flip side, it can be incredibly destructive if our thought patterns, the, the ones we've developed over time, are taking us in a direction that God doesn't want us to go. And so we shared that the good news is that not only is it vital to reroute your neural pathways, it's actually possible to reroute your neural pathways. In fact, something I didn't share at the time is that for decades, uh, neurologists thought that our brains finished developing when we were in adolescence. And if you're anything like me, I am glad that's not true. I'm glad that I don't think at the level I thought when I was 15 years old. And so this idea of, uh, is called neural plasticity, that our brain can be reshaped and transformed and our thought patterns can be rerouted. The second week, uh, I talked about the replacement principle, that the devil wants to compete for the, the ter- it's a turf war. He wants to compete for this real estate between our ears. And uh, he speaks lies and accusations and, 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 and drops suggestions that are very much less than God's best. And so rather than buy into them, rather than those lies starting to take hold and occupying the real estate, we need to cultivate the replacement principle, cultivate the habit of replacing the devil's lie with God's truth. And this works in tandem with the rerouting principle. And then last week, our teaching team member, our good friend Steve Hall, talked about the reframing principle, that one of the ways we can actually move forward in in the direction God wants us to with our thoughts and arrive at the 
destination that God would have for us is by learning to actually look at our circumstances through a better lens, reframe things, and, and, and ask, where, you know, God, where are you in this? What do you want me to see in this? What, what are you showing me in this? And our mental health and our thought patterns uh, can really turn around as a result of that. But let me ask you today, do you ever find yourself that your mind's racing with irrational worries? Uh, maybe you are kind of paralyzed by anxious thoughts about what might be about to go wrong in a certain situation. Or maybe you've just got runaway fears that consume your mind, that you just are stuck on this you know, worst case scenario that may or may not happen for you. If that's you, you know, potentially no amount of telling yourself that you're being irrational has helped. Uh, maybe you know, your friends and your family telling you you've been irrational hasn't helped. You know, you've got colleagues who've lost their jobs and you just you know, can't get past the, the, the notion that maybe you're next. Maybe a family member gets a bad health report and, and your mind starts racing with, oh, I wonder if this is hereditary. I wonder if this is... Well, maybe it's exam season and, and you've already kind of cropped yourself out of passing. You're just saying, there's no way I'm going to pass this. And, 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 and you're not just consumed with whether you're going to pass that exam or not. You start to think beyond that. You know, what does this mean for the next chapter of my life? Um, and you've discovered if that's you in these sorts of circumstances, that whatever consumes your mind controls your life. So what I want to land this series on today is how we can reroute worry and anxious thoughts and see God show up with something better. Before I do, I just need to qualify one thing. I'm going to share a very, uh, well, I'm going to call it straightforward practice that Paul teaches us. Um, but it would be irresponsible of me and of us to, just, to say that if, you've, if, you know, if you're struggling with anxiety and worry, uh, that this is the only thing you need. Uh, you know, that would just be irresponsible because the reality is that for some of us, particularly if you've got some long-established or some very deeply entrenched, uh, anxious and worrying thought patterns, you might need some uh, professional assistance, you know, a Christian counselor and, and the like. And we would encourage you to take those sorts of steps in addition to what we're teaching today. What, what I am going to teach is, is a central thread that can apply to every one of us whenever we feel consumed by worry and anxious thoughts. And yeah, this does come from something that Paul wrote. So if you've got your Bible app, you know, grab your second device, your phone, your tablet, uh, pop open the Bible app to Philippians chapter four. Now I taught from this uh, two weeks ago. Steve actually taught from this last week. This is something that Paul, who was one of the entrepreneurial leaders of the early church, something that he wrote to a church in Philippi. Hence the name Philippians. It's not who wrote it, it's who it was written for. Um, and this was right at the end of this letter that he, he wrote to that church. Let me drop us in to some incredibly uh, 
powerful instruction that he gave them that applies for us today, 2,000 years later. He wrote to them, hey, friends, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. (laughs) Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Hey, and before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. And then he continues, and this is actually what I covered in week two, so this is very much a companion message to that message. He wrote to them, so summing it all up, friends, everything I've taught, everything I've been saying to you, writing to you, I'd say you do best by filling your minds and meditating, putting this in and turn it over, on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized, and do that. And God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. So right at the top, Paul drops his pro tip. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. And at face value, you know, you could read that and say, well, it's easy for you to, you know, say that, Paul. What do you know about anxiety and worry? Until you realize that Paul was writing this letter from inside a Roman prison. He'd actually been put in prison for sharing about Jesus. And he's writing, you know, that would give anybody ample cause to worry and fret and be anxious. But instead, Paul instructs the church instructs you and I in circumstances that are less than ideal, in circumstances that are worse than you expected, in circumstances that have you worrying about a potential worst case scenario ahead. Don't worry or fret. Instead, pray. Let Petitions and praises shape your worries. He didn't say deny your worries, but let petitions and prayers, praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. It, there's, a, there's a cue, there's, there's a clue, there's a trigger. When you're feeling anxious, when you're starting to worry, let that be the cue to pray about that very thing. God, I'm anxious about this. God, I'm worrying about this. God, I can't at this moment get past this. And then Paul comes with the promise. This is one of those, you know, if you do this, God will do that. And the that is always better. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. That's great. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. That's actually the title of the message today, Displacing Worry. And if that's true, if if when we do this instead of worrying, praying, that that Jesus will displace worry at the center of our life and replace it with peace. If that's true, 
and I'm inclined to believe it is, then that is a total game changer. You know, we're, we're not even responsible for the outcome. God says he'll do that. All we're responsible for is when we're triggered with worry and anxiety and we're fretting about stuff, if we, instead of continuing down that pathway, if we choose in that moment instead to pray, God says he will take care of the outcome, displace worry and replace it with peace. Now, let me take you on a little bit of brain 101. Inside our brains, we've got this very small piece, kind of like the size of an almond uh, in our head called the amygdala. Now, the amygdala is the portion of the brain that's responsible for survival. You know, it's, 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 it takes the, the role of protecting us. You know, whenever, whenever we feel a fight or flight responsible, response coming on, that's because our amygdala has been activated. It sends you a message. You know, you're in trouble. You've got to do something about this. And, and it's incredibly powerful. Uh, releases some adrenaline and causes us to do those things, fight or flight. I remember a few years ago, I was uh, out running and um, just you know, running, training, running, jogging, running. And suddenly from behind, this dog kind of jumped on the back of my legs. I didn't see it coming, you know, it came from behind. And uh, yeah, it scared me in that moment. And I was like, now, yeah. I had a few uh, adult words to say to the owner. It's not the dog's fault. It's, you know, the owner not doing the, the right thing. And I was getting wild. And so I had this kind of shock from the dog, this kind of anger towards the owner. And a split second later, I involuntarily increased the pace of my running. I started like picking up the pace. I wasn't even trying to. And what that was, it was this, this surge of adrenaline that was coursing through my body that had been released by my amygdala trying to protect me, thinking that the dog was a threat and telling my brain to tell the rest of my body, hey, you're in trouble. And the fight or flight response is very important. It literally has been responsible for our survival as a species for thousands of years. You know, without it, we're just uh, sitting ducks. Um, but when the, the response, when the response of our amygdala being triggered goes beyond God's intention, that's when we start to get into things like anxiety, and things like panic, and that kind of thermometer rises. And neurologists call this a, a, an amygdala hijack, that in that moment, our amygdala is kind of running the show, and things start to get irrational. Things start to get out of control. The amygdala is taken over. And, and there's another part of our brain called the prefrontal cortex, and our prefrontal cortex is responsible for logic and reason. And our prefrontal cortex starts to yell when it senses an amygdala hijack. Hey, 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 no, 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 don't go there, don't go there. And our amygdala is doing the, the sinister, you know, uh, baddie laugh <laughs> and saying, no, I, I'm in charge here. There's nothing you can do about it. And if allowed to continue, both in that moment and as our default response when those sorts of circumstances come up again, uh, 
the amygdala hijack becomes the new normal. And that's when things like panic attacks and, and so on start to recur. Paul said, no, don't fret or worry. Don't let your amygdala hijack the show. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. So, you know, this amygdala hijack, I mean, that's the cue. That's the clue. That's the trigger. Not the trigger for panic. It's the trigger for prayer. If we choose to, if we develop that habit, that response, we have to choose to. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. So this is Paul's big idea that prayer shouldn't be our last line of defense after the amygdala hijacks have already taken place. It actually should be our first line of offense before things even get to that place. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. There's a field of study called neurotheology, and it's the study of the interplay between our minds and a belief in God. And researchers in this area have discovered that not only does prayer move the heart of God, prayer also changes the chemistry in our brain. Amazing. One of the leaders in this space is uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf, and she's certainly my go-to in this space as well. And she's just, I want to make sure you uh, have access to this. She has a, a podcast, I think it's weekly, um, called Cleaning Up the Mental Mess with Dr. Caroline Leaf. And I would strongly encourage you to add that to your podcast rotation. She's also written a number of books, uh, one of which is called Switch on Your Brain. And in that book, she cites this, it has been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. Worrying and anxiety harms our brain and neurotheology is discovering that prayer has the ability to heal our brain. For me, I think probably the number one thing that I find myself uh, getting anxious and worrying about is the role I have and the enormous responsibility I have leading Elevate Church. You know, asking myself things like, you know, are we doing the right things? Is there things that we're doing that we need to stop or do differently? Um, am I leading to, to the best of my capacity? And so on. And, and now, some of those questions are critical. You know, they're evaluation type questions. They're analytical type questions. And at a certain level, uh, they're, they're vital. The problem is when those sorts of questions, those sorts of analytical questions, those sorts of evaluation questions start to venture into territory that's beyond our control start to venture into territory of what if, and I can't control that, and thinking of worst case scenarios, and thinking of f 
So Craig Rochelle has some pro tips for me in that situation, some pro tips for you when you find yourself in those situations, fretting and worrying and being anxious about things that you can't control. And these are the three things that he teaches. Number one, do what I can do. You know, there is a role to play. If you're wanting to pass your exam, you need to study. Don't just pray. If you want to turn your health around, you need to pay attention to what you're eating and, and how much you're moving, not just pray. If you want to lead a successful business, then you need to learn the practices and principles of leading a successful business, not just pray. So there's a role. Do what you can do. Alongside that, give God what you can't do. Acknowledge this. there are things beyond your control, but instead of worrying about them, pray. Say, God, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give these to you. I'm not going to hold on to them. I'm not going to try and control them, and I'm not going to worry about the fact that I can't control them. And in doing that, do what I can do, give God what I can't do. I am also going to trust God no matter what. Now, in a moment, we're going to hand back to Red Rocks Worship, just phenomenal, phenomenal crew. And uh, what I want to invite you to do as they lead us in one more song, if you are somebody who has gotten stuck or, or are stuck with worry and fretting and anxious thoughts about something, during these next five minutes, while Red Rocks are leading us, I want to invite you to pray. On your couch, wherever it is, you and God, in that moment, pray. And pray a simple prayer. God, this thing I've been worrying about, I'm going to continue to do what I can do. And I'm going to give you what I can't do. I'm going to hand that over to you right now. I'm going to commit that to you right now. And I'm going to trust you are going to do what only you can do. And I invite into my heart and my mind right now that peace that, that, that you promise to deliver as you displace worry in my heart and in my mind. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live, and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app.